0: Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. The question I'm going to raise right now is, can you be a Christian without going to church? I had a study with one of my listeners recently, and he claimed to be a Christian, but he didn't attend church. Unfortunately, I think a lot of believers think that way. Is that even possible to be a Christian without going to church? God gives a definite no answer to that in Hebrews 10, 24 through 27. Let me read that. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. But certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries what this passage is saying in our vernacular is that church is mandatory that skipping church is just like any other willful sin it will cause us to receive quote fiery indignation from God and of course the place God hands out fiery Indignation is in H E L L, the bad place. So it really doesn't matter why one misses church. Even if it's because of family visiting, or even if it's because of an Alabama football game being on TV, we have made the wrong choice. Matthew 633 says, referring to the necessities of life, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So even working our job is not a valid excuse for neglecting our service to the Lord. Going to church. Acts 27 shows the disciples came together on the first day of the week for communion and preaching. And many passages, such as 1 Corinthians 11.1, teach we should follow their example. So if you are a disciple, you should be there when church meets. If you have a Bible question or comment, the number to call is 877-655-6755. The lines are wide open. Call us if you want to go on the air with your Bible question or comment, 877-655-6755. 1 Corinthians 11 teaches four times in verses 17, 18, 20, and 33 that the whole church should be together in one place, chapter 14, 23, for the service where the Lord's Supper is partaken of. Christians who do not participate in that are not really being careful to follow God's instructions. And that reflects upon their love and respect for God, John 14, 15. What are the reasons we should attend church besides the fact that God commands it? Well, when we miss church, we miss worshiping God with the other saints. Colossians three sixteen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. We miss praying to God with the other saints. Acts 12, verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. We miss partaking of the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 28. For I have received of the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, When he had thanks, given thanks, he broke bread and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying this cup is the New Testament, my blood, this do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So God commands us, let him eat of that bre- bread and drink of that cup. So it is not optional. Jerry, Jerry from Mississippi, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Well,
1: well, it, well, Patrick is actually Gary. Yeah, it's hey, Gary. Gary, we
0: did the same thing last last week, didn't we?
1: Yes, sir. But look, and, uh, Patrick, I, I I perceive you to be a reasonable person, and I know you un- understand uh, simplicity. And uh, I hear you talking about. Uh, uh, let me uh, let me the fact that I do attend a local gathering. You know, when I when I'm not working, I'm I'm at church, and uh, and the body that I'm a member of, you know, we are actively involved in in this pretty large body and everything. So, but a lot of times when we hear the word church, because I'm hearing you saying that it's imperative that you attend church, I'm just curious as to uh, when you say "church," when you use a vernacular church what do in in your mind what do you see as a as a church gathering?
0: you know I think first Corinthians fourteen helps us define that a little bit in verse twenty three of first corinthians fourteen it says "If therefore the whole church become together into one place and, and we've talked about the the Bible forbidding women preachers in verse 34 and 35 of the same chapter, it says, let your women keep silence in the churches for it is not permitted to them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience as also said the law. If they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. So the church gathering is when that church, that group of people who make up the local church meet together all in one place. That's what I'm thinking of, Jerry. That's what the Bible is talking
1: about. When I say okay, so, when
0: Hebrews ten twenty five says, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together.
1: Okay, so you wouldn't have any problem with a group of two or three people under the auspices of uh of Christianity saying that, hey, this is our assembly and that this is our gathering. Because what I what I hear you saying, and maybe it's just my interpretation of it because I think that Christianity has been so westernized, there are some un- unorthodox methods of uh gathering that goes on in countries that are not as free as ours that would constitute a gathering that uh based on what i'm hearing you say you would say that those individuals are not adhering to the scriptural uh teaching of the gathering as outlined in uh in, in, in hebrews there and yeah, i'm I, not I, sure i, I know mean, what
0: you mean just because two or three christians get together doesn't mean it's the church getting together a lot of times it could be three people from different churches it's when that local church, that those people who have banded together to form a congregation, when they meet, when they meet as a, a church, as a, an the, assembly.
1: When the Bible speaks of church, doesn't it mean the ecclesia, the body of believers? It's not necessarily talking about a, a physical place, even though it, 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 I believe it's talking about a physical gathering. But I, I just hear what I'm hearing is there's too much legalism. It's too much uh, saying that if you don't do this, if you do this, I mean, you, you, what you're doing, you are diluting the unmerited favor of God. And you cannot uh, make the assertion that one is not a Christian simply because they do not go into a, a dwelling place. I mean, it's, that's, that's, that's westernized Christianity. I mean, just think about your uh, your undeveloped countries. Think about the, the manner and, and, and the places in which they have to meet. Think about those who are in uh, countries Gary, where,
0: yeah Gary, you, I didn't say you had to meet in a church building. You can meet under a tree. You could meet in a rented okay. building. You could meet okay. in okay. a house, a home. Okay. You could meet out in the field without a roof. It's not a okay. Okay. physical well, that's good, but that's what... building. It's the church is the people, saved people what who saying. band together as a local congregation, Uh, they must be together (laughs) and uh legalism you know really technically means strict adherence to god's law so when you call me a legalist you're complimenting me because Jesus jesus said if you love me keep my commandments so i want to be a legalist in that sense jenny from texas go ahead with your bible question or comment please
2: um yeah i was just listening for the first time on the radio with you and um I work 312 at the hospital, and there's no way I can go Sunday morning unless I want to lose my job. But I go on Wednesday nights, and me and a co because we have a chapel at our church, and we do the Lord's Supper together, and um, when we're not busy with surgeries, I mean, I catch sermons that it's online, but I have a relationship with God, and I know him and talk to him daily and i would i feel like i'm going i feel like i'm a christian i'm a baby i'm only been a christian for a couple of years so i consider myself a baby in christ i'm learning a lot but Jenny, i have a what special you, what relationship that,
0: what do you think about that verse i quote it says he commands them not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together and it, hebrews ten twenty five, and now here's a verse that I mentioned just briefly, Acts 20, verse 7. It says that upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them. So these disciples came together. Looks like to me it's talking about church service. They came together to do the Lord's Supper and had preaching. And Mm -hmm. and in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, which I quoted, Paul said, it's a command, be imitators of me, even as I imitate Christ. So, So Hebrews 10, 25, Jenny, is commanding us not to forsake that, church assembly so so during my career as a software engineer if they ever wanted me to work where i was going to have to miss church i told them no church god comes first job comes about third behind no, it's family my shift. and god i don't
2: yeah, but, it's my shift yeah. or, i'm just saying yeah.
0: we have to put god before anything before before money before our jobs before mm-hmm. family before recreation God's got to come first. He says, "Seek you first the kingdom of God, and all these things." Talking about the necessities of life in Matthew six, and all these mm-hmm. things shall be added unto you. So if if you will put God first, and and you go to church no matter what, don't let anybody stop you, not even your boss at work, then God will make sure you're taken care of. Not He won't make you rich, but He'll make sure that nece- you'll get the necessities of life. Put Him first. That means church before job, church before family, church before recreation, church before money, church before – God comes first. Jesus Christ comes before anything.
2: Well, what about the people that are not capable of going to church?
0: Well, you know, know, yeah, if somebody's put in jail because they're preaching the gospel, they could put in jail.
2: older people because I know I lost my parents. My mother in November, so she couldn't go to church for
0: well a lot the of people, two years
2: of her life
0: a lot of people think they can't go to church when they really can my father in law is ninety four years old he goes to church with us no she every, was ill every time. yeah
2: <laughs> she literally could so, not go
0: so if if a person- like i said, if somebody is just had a is so ill like maybe they just had open heart surgery and they can't it 's impossible for them to go to church or they're put in jail for preaching the gospel and it's impossible for them to go to church, then if they can't go, they're not going to be held responsible. But if we make the choice not to go, whether it's because of a football game or a job or family or money or families visiting, if we make a choice not to go, then we're choosing not to obey God. Does that make sense, Jenny? Does yeah. that answer your question?
2: Okay. Well, thank, thank you, you for your, your good
0: time. call. Thank you for your good bye. call, Jenny. All right, bye. Thank you. So, if you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. If we don't go to church, we miss contributing to the treasury of the church for the Lord's word. First Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints as they have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God had prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. If we don't go to church, we miss, and this is very critical, we miss studying the Bible with the saints. We read Acts 20, verse 7, upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread. We've talked about the Lord's Supper already. It says, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow and continue to speak till midnight. You know, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the way we get our original faith, the basis for our original, our initial salvation is by reading and studying the Bible, hearing the Bible preached. After we become a Christian, it's very imperative that we keep on reading and studying the Bible and hearing Bible teaching so that our faith will grow. And that's going to be something else we miss. If we miss church, we're going to miss out on that sermon, out on that Bible study you don't go to church, this is another thing you're missing. We miss, if we don't go to church, the encouragement we get from the saints and we miss out on encouraging them. We read Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Let's read it again with an emphasis there, not necessarily on the part about the command not to forsake the assembly, but about the encouragement. It says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you see the duty we have to provoke one another to love and good works and to exhort or encourage one another? Myself, I think God was so wise to have us meet together in congregations to help each other be faithful Christians. I encourage them, they encourage me. That task, to be faithful, I think would be next to impossible If we had to go through the whole, if we had to go through the whole thing alone, if we didn't have a church to meet with, going to church is what keeps us, is one of the things that keeps us faithful. It's critical to that. Now, here's a quick summary of what we miss out when we miss church. Acts 2.42, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. That's what we missed out on. We miss out on the apostles' doctrine. We miss out on the fellowship, the 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 contribution most likely is referred to here, the breaking of bread, the, the Lord's Supper, the prayers. We miss out on everything, almost everything, when we miss church. Alan from Alabama, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please.
1: Uh, yes, sir. I, I just heard on the radio a girl a similar uh, about working on Sunday, you know, she's uh, going to... Uh, She worked in surgical, you know, in the hospital and stuff. And uh, I was concerned about, you know, uh, the question that she had about she she worked on Sunday and put God first, you know, what she said. And I I believe that, thoroughly believe that. I used to work twenty four seven all the time, and I recently stopped all that. I go to church on Sundays, and uh, and Wednesdays, and any time in between that that I can, you know, help. But uh, today, for instance, when I got home from from church. you know, I worked in my garden a little bit because I've been trying to get some, some garden going. It's been been struggling. My mother's in the hospital and just got so much on my plate. And, um, you know, I figured it would be okay. I asked God, would it be all right? And he, like, he, I, I feel like I'm being led by the Spirit, you know, and made the right decisions. I didn't really overstress myself. But, but you know, I, I feel good about it. So what's your views on that?
0: You mean you're saying what about working a little bit on Sunday?
1: Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I did yeah. attend so the Bible- church and everything.
0: Yeah. You attended church. That's what you're supposed to do. The Bible never says anything forbids us from working on Sunday. The Catholics yeah. made up the idea that Sunday's the Christian Sabbath. The Bible yeah. teaches the Sabbath has been nailed to the cross. Read when you get a chance, Alan. Uh-huh. Read Colossians two fourteen okay. through 17. Colossians 2, okay. talking about Jesus in verse 14, uh-huh. it says he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that uh-huh. was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way. Okay. Nailing it to his cross. And then he gives us an example of the Sabbath in verse 16 is one of the laws that's been, that Jesus blotted out, took out of the way, and nailed to the cross. Colossians okay. 2, 14 through 17. So the Sabbath law is no longer binding. We can work okay. on Saturday. The Bible never said you can't work on Sunday, but what it does teach when you put everything together is that we need to come together with the congregation, a church, yes, on sir. Sunday, eat the Lord's Supper, listen to the, pre- hear the preaching, or pre- yes, and we may be preaching ourselves is we we cannot skip church even for work or for play or for family or for money because we got to put yes, God first you're right it doesn't say anything do. about against working on Sunday that's something the Catholics made up it's not in the Bible okay oh, okay. okay
1: okay thank you for your uh, call well, I feel better about that appreciate it bye-bye
0: have a good have a good evening uh, you know the word Christian means follower of Christ Now, we can't follow Christ around physically every day through the countryside like the apostles did. Christ is not here physically anymore. So what does it mean to follow Christ today if we're a Christian? Well, someone says they're a follower of Gandhi. What does that mean? Gandhi is dead. It means we study Gandhi's teachings and we follow his teachings. Well, it's the same for being a follower of Christ. It means we study his teachings, the Bible, and we follow his teachings. But if we're not attending church faithfully, we're not following his teachings, not even close. We're not really even being a Christian. So I run into a lot of people like this, and I, even a lot I study with. They, they, don't even, they, don't, they think of themselves as a Christian, and they don't go to church. You can't be a Christian without going to church. Hebrews 10.25 commands it. He commands us not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. We have to obey Christ. He has to be put first. And so if he says go to church, we have to go to church. We get to go to church. I shouldn't have said have to. We get to. We should want to. We should want to put God first. When we're out looking for a job, make sure you tell them going in, I can't work if it's going to cause me to miss church. Tell them that going, go, tell them that going in. They'll respect you for it most of the time. They'll respect you for it. You just put God first before church. Okay? Excuse me, before work, I said that wrong. We have to be obedient to Christ. You'll remember, we've quoted this verse a number of times, Matthew 7, 21. Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So not everyone he just calls Jesus Lord is going to go to heaven. But the ones that do the will of the Father, which is in heaven, and the will of the Father says... Go to church in our vernacular. Don't skip church. That's what it says in Hebrews ten twenty-five in our vernacular. You have to be obedient to God. Barton from Arkansas. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, sir. Does the Bible teach of having a day of rest uh, during the week? No, not anymore. That was that was in the old testament. The day of rest was the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week. In in our society we call that Saturday those that speak English, but but the New Testament our law for today does not tell us we have to have a day of rest. That was strictly an Old Testament law. Colossians two fourteen through seventeen, as I just quoted, specifically mentions the Sabbath as one of the laws that Jesus blotted out. Take it, took it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. So if Jesus blotted it out, took it out of the way and nailed it to the cross, that would mean the Sabbath law is no longer binding. It's just like all the other Old Testament laws. Barton, like do animal sacrifices, circumcise your little boys at eight days old, the prohibition against eating pork and catfish. The Sabbath is just like any of those other laws. It was only part of the Old Testament law, not in the new. Go ahead, Barton. Okay. Thank you. That answered it. Appreciate it. Thank you for your call, Barton. Another verse that teaches we have to be obedient is Hebrews chapter five, verse nine. It's talking about Jesus and it says he became the author author in the sense of source, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all of them that obey him. Now, that's very clear. It's not ambiguous. I know a lot of preachers want to tell you all you got to do is believe in Jesus to be saved, that faith alone will save you, that all you got to do is accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior to be saved. But this verse, very, very clear, is 100% against that. Not only do you have to believe, it says you have to obey Christ to receive eternal salvation from Christ. And notice the fact that we have to obey him doesn't mean we're saved by our works. It doesn't make us the source or author of our eternal salvation. No, we have to obey him to be saved, but he's still the source. He is the source of salvation, and who does he give it to? Those, like the song says, those who trust and obey. The fact that you believe in Christ, trust in Christ, the fact that you obey Christ doesn't make you the source. No, Jesus is the one that pays for your sins on the cross. He's the one that shed his blood for the remission of our sins. But we have to meet the conditions in order to receive The remission of sins that is provided by Christ. Meeting those conditions is not the thing that saves you. No, that's not. Jesus is the source, but he's the source of eternal salvation to all of them that obey him. So those that don't obey him, whether it's missing church or anything else, they won't go to heaven. Perhaps they're in their second or third marriage. It's called adultery, according to Matthew 19, 9. They're not obeying him. They won't go to heaven either because this says You won't receive eternal salvation unless you obey Jesus. I mean, that's plain and clear. It doesn't matter how many times a preacher screams out, all you got to do is believe in Jesus. You don't have to obey. He's dead wrong, according to the Bible. This is all just something preachers have done and people have done because this is what they want. I want to live any old way I want to and still be saved. So they made up this doctrine that you don't have to obey Christ. All you got to do is believe. I mean, James 2.24, he says, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. That's not talking about the grounds of our salvation. That's the death of Christ alone. Even our belief is not the grounds for our salvation. That's not what saves you. The death of Christ saves you. The works and the faith are just conditions you have to meet in order to be saved by the death of Christ. And James 2.24 teaches you have to have both. 1 Peter 1.22 says you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. So the only way your soul is going to be purified from sin is if you obey the truth. Just believing the truth is not enough. You have to obey the truth. And guess what? You can't just obey anything. Obeying false doctrine won't cut it. You have to obey the truth. Peter told believers in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So if you don't want the remission of sins, you have to believe, you have to repent, and you have to be baptized. If you hadn't done that, you hadn't gotten the remission of sins. I don't care if you feel like you're saved. That's not the basis. Feelings don't matter. It's what have you done, what God said to do to be saved. If you want to have a free one hour phone Bible study with me sometime at your convenience, call or text me at 256-682-9753.